This is Vinylthon. All vinyl, all day. Because when the needle drops, the power rises. Get some more information at collegeradio.org. Welcome to the first ever Vinylathon, brought to you by the College Radio Foundation, the people behind the annual College Radio Day event every fall. I'm Naomi Lawrence, and today across the country, in conjunction with Record Store Day, many college radio stations are playing vinyl music only. Many stations are also broadcasting live from their local record stores. The day is a true celebration of the power of vinyl music, as well as the importance of college radio. In this special feature, we will hear from college radio stations across the country about what makes vinyl special to them, as well as an exclusive interview with Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain, authors of the seminal punk book, Please Kill Me, The Uncensored Oral History of Punk. So crank up the volume and enjoy your first ever college radio vinathon. In celebration of Record Store Day, 90.3 WESS, along with 40 other college radio stations, are excited to be participating in the first ever Vinylthon. Vinyl is still around, and for a good reason. Despite being supposedly inferior to newer formats of music, vinyl has a better quality to it than any of those newer formats. Vinyl has a huge significance at 90.3 WESS. Our station is diversified and has a very large number of disc jockeys who use vinyl for different purposes and genres. Many of our shows focus on music from times when vinyl was really popular. On April 16th, Justin Elliott will be tapping into the station's vinyl library for an all-vinyl show in celebration of Vinylthon. As a station, we are very excited to be a part of Vinylthon and Record Store Day. More information is available on collegeradioday.com. WDWN Cayuga Community College will celebrate the first annual Vinylthon from 4 to 8 p.m. on Saturday, April 16th. Vinyl is my favorite format because of the artwork. Vinyl is my favorite format. It's analog. It's pure. It, it's how music's supposed to sound. Vinyl's my favorite format because the quality sounds awesome. Vinyl is the best way to hear the dynamics of artists' musical stories and interpretations. 90.1 FM, WUSB Stony Brook. Wants to wish everyone a happy record store day. day. Hi, this is Ivan Arvalo from WMSC 90.3 FM at Montclair State University, wishing everyone a happy Vinylthon. Hello, this is Radio Bucks from Bucks County Community College, wishing everyone a happy Vinylthon. This is Vinylthon. All vinyl, all day. Because when the needle drops, the power rises. Hello, this is Rissa Pappas, station manager for WP887 FM, Brave New Radio, and vinyl is incredibly important to us. When I first started here in 2007, we had barely anything in our vinyl library. It was just promo records from, you know, the late 90s that nobody was playing and nobody cared about. It would just be a single here or there. Pretty much bare, a barren wasteland of a library. And then in 2008 or 2009, our music director, Stefania Aru, donated to us her father's vinyl library. So um, our library now is called the Bruno Aru 
Memorial Vinyl Library. And he gave us so many wonderful records, such classics. He took great care of his vinyl collection. He was very proud of it. Um, so that was a huge gain for us. And since then, we've had alums give us donations of records. Um, sometimes people will just buy us records that they think that we need to have, that they want us to play for them. So our library, we're one of the only college stations, I think, whose vinyl library continues to grow. A lot of radio stations, once a format becomes more or less obsolete, will phase that out and, and kind of downsize their library. And that is not the case with Brave New Radio. We are always adding to our library and we play vinyl at least once a week. We have weekend classic rock shows that are always relying on our vinyl library. And some of our music shows that take place on weeknights, our specialty music shows, also play vinyl. So it's something that we pay a lot of attention to. We have two beautiful workhorse turntables and we use them quite frequently. Vinyl's super important to us and I think our listeners appreciate it too. Hello, my name is Anthony Saya, and you're listening to the inaugural Vinylthon, brought to you by the College Radio Foundation. Some of you may have heard of me as the former president of College Radio Day, but others know me as the roadie, the voice behind two radio shows on two terrestrial radio stations. I'm a volunteer DJ for KUOI 89.3 FM at the University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho, and a volunteer DJ at KRFP 90.3 FM, Radio Free Moscow. I air these shows at 8.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Friday and 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Saturday, respectively. During those shows, I play nothing but physical media, with the majority of that being vinyl records. While this sounds like a large undertaking, I find that using vinyl on my radio programs gives the show a uniqueness that isn't necessarily present on other shows. Fortunately for me, KUOIFM has one of the largest vinyl libraries of any college radio station in the Pacific Northwest at over 33,033-inch records and over 4,507-inch records. Having this vast collection helps me create a diverse show each week where I strive not to play the same song by a band in the same show. In fact, when preparing, I go back through previous playlists, and if I have spun a song recently, it automatically disqualifies it from the list. In addition to having those records available to me at KUOI, I also have a personal collection of records at home, around a thousand to be exact. This collection has somewhat taken over a room in my house, but having these records is very sentimental to me. I can pull out a random record from my shelves and be able to think back to wh what I was doing the day I purchased it, who I was with. For example, I have an original pressing of King Crimson's 1969 release of In the Court of the Crimson King. <laughs> been looking for this record for quite some time and didn't want to purchase it from a place on the internet. My wife was aware that I was also looking for the record and took the time to go to our local record shop and talked with the owner about putting her on the waitlist when a copy finally came in. 
on my 27th birthday, I was greeted with the beautiful artwork and the vivid colors. Admittedly, I didn't even open my other gifts before going over to the turntable, laying on the ground, and absorbing the full record. Another record in my collection is Michael Jackson's Off the Wall from 1979. You know, I was, I was wondering, you know, if she could keep on because the force has got a lot of power and it makes me feel like a, it, it makes me feel like a... I remember being in the movie theater, seeing something like Transformers 2 and received text messages from my mom, sister, and fellow radio folks and friends to tell me that Michael Jackson had passed away. Immediately after the movie was over and I got out of the theater, I went to my local record shop where I picked up an original copy of Off the Wall and listened to it for the rest of the evening. In reality, I believe that is what having and playing vinyl is all about. It's about the experience. It's about having a tangible object that you can hold in your hands and really gain a deeper perspective of what the band or musician is trying to convey through their music as well as the record itself. I also think that the only way to have the full experience of picking out a record can only be truly achieved when getting a record from a record store. While the online market is vast, nothing tops going to the record store and spending a Saturday afternoon flipping through records and taking the time to decide which record you'll take home with you. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to have a place on college and community radio where I get to share music on vinyl with my listeners each and every week. If it weren't for those college and community radio stations, listeners would be exposed to nothing but flat MP3 files via the airwaves. Now, while some can't tell the difference, as you continue to listen to stations who are participating in this, the inaugural Vinylthon, listen closely. You might hear something in the music you might not have heard before. Merely because physical media always has a certain depth you can't hear anywhere else. Thanks for listening, and keep on spinning. I'm Anthony Saya, and happy Vinylthon. This is Vinylthon. I like vinyl because I like being able to say that I have a physical copy of the album and I feel like I'm supporting the artist more. Vinyl is good, so celebrate with us. The first ever Vinylthon. Because when the needle drops, the power rises. Now time for our exclusive interview with Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain, authors of the seminal punk book, Please Kill Me, The Uncensored Oral History of Punk. Originally published in 1996, the book is about to be republished with new material to celebrate its 20th anniversary. Founder of College Radio Day, Rob Quick, interviewed them both over Skype to talk about the enduring popularity of the book, the impact of punk music, and of course, the power of vinyl. I guess my first question is going to be this, that you know, you've got an event coming up in May to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Please Kill Me being released what do you think about the success of the book and your thoughts about it after so long? Well, I'm just really um, uh, surprised, pleasantly surprised and excited and grateful that it still resonates 20 years later. It's still in print, still uh, people just seem to love it. Will there be anything new in there, like a new afterword or anything like that? You want, you want to take that, Lex? Yes, there's about 10 new chapters and about three or four brand new chapters and uh, a lot of photo, a lot more photos and afterward by Jillian and I called the narrative oral history defined where we actually define what we're doing. Um, I, I think you might in some issues you might even get a free gumball. <laughs>
<laughs> a free, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, no, no, no. Just new pictures, new chapters, new afterward, new everything. When you look back to the original book and doing those original interviews, were you happy with it, with the choices that you made in the selections in terms of when you put together these stories, this old history, you had to obviously be very selective with what you chose. Are you happy with what you put in there? Or is this new anniversary edition an effort to obviously really expand that and to add more voices? I don't know about Jillian, but I was happy with the book. And I'm happy. I'm even happier now. What do you Me think? Me too. Yeah. Same thing. I feel the same way. It became a sort of unexpected hit by the way which you described it in previous interviews. You had no idea really that it would be so well received or people would seize upon it, not just buying copies, but other journalists would suddenly seize the style. Well, why would we think that the book would sell when none of these guys, Iggy, the Ramones, the Velvet Underground, never sold any albums when, you know, when they were at their best? It was kind of a, a, real, a real kind of shame that America never recognised what great stuff these people were doing, you know? I mean, the Ramones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 2002, but even then, by their own admission, they were completely surprised, weren't they? I don't... I think they were just grateful that they got in, you know? Yeah. Punk was never meant to be mainstream as a musical art form, right? As a musical form, punk was never meant to be mainstream. Surely it was always a statement of resistance to the mainstream. You know what? That's completely and utterly wrong. We thought that the Ramones would be the next Beatles. We thought that Punk Magazine would be the next Mad Magazine. We, we were really looking for commercial success. We thought, you know, people were smarter than they uh, appeared to be in the 70s, you know? They were kind of, uh, they wanted to go to the discos, you know? Yeah. I don't know why. But. The thing about what I liked about Punk, and you captured this brilliantly, I think there's a moment in the book I think is brilliant. When Iggy saw Jim Morrison, he was like, if he can do this, I can do this. And then another moment, David Johansson from New York Dolls said, the message on the New York Dolls was, if we can do it, anyone else can do it. And that was the message of punk. The idea was, this is of like democratization of music, you know, you can do this, bloody do it, you know? I think you're exactly right on this one. Yeah, completely. And I think, I think the Velvets, you know, the Velvets went out and didn't sell any records, but they went out and played and they inspired, you know, 100 50,000 other bands and the Ramones did the same thing and Iggy did the same thing. If we can do this, you can do it too. And I think what the great thing about punk is, is this idea of inspired amateurism and passing it down to kids like, hey, you, you can have fun and do this too. And I think that's what's so wonderful and, and so enduring about punk. Where is the spirit of punk alive today? What artists would you say it's alive? What individuals would you say, apart from yourself, Legs, obviously? Well, I think, you know, there's some 14 and 15 year old kids in some garage in garages across America, you know, with manic panic dyed pink hair, you know, singing, you know, in their garage, screw you mom. And I think that's just as vital as anything that we did. I, I think I think punk has almost become a rite of passage for a lot of people. And it's also punks are still seen as rebels. Yeah. You know, they went through their punk phase, right? Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about the re-emergence of vinyl? Because obviously what you're talking about in the book Please Kill Me is obviously basically about the vinyl years. What do you think about the comeback of vinyl? Will I love it? it. Fine, we love it. You know, it, it just sounds so much tastier. So this is a good thing in your opinion that people are back into vinyl. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. There's just fewer, as far as New York goes, there's just fewer and fewer record stores. So we're in, I'm in LA, it's really near Amoeba, which is yeah. huge, man. Um, and, but I remember last time I was in the Valley, there was a really cool little record store, Beat Records or something. Um, 
And our friend Brendan Toller did the um, all the records for his closing documentary. Did you see that? I want that record. I want that record. Yeah, it was a yeah, great right. documentary on 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 the return to vinyl and the closing of record stores. Yeah, know? yeah. He's the guy who just did the Danny Fields documentary. Yeah, he yeah. did. No, great. I think I think it's fantastic. I was talking about the, this the other day. How it gives you a whole <laughs> other experience of music, like. You know, you weren't jogging or doing other stuff when you're listening to music. You sat there and you had the headphones on and you're listening to music. And you were looking at the album cover and the credits and the liner notes. And it was like a whole experience that one doesn't have anymore. The vinyl demands your attention, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's great. And it sounds great. I think college radio, sort of like punk, has a similarity to punk in the fact that we're playing things that no one else has the guts to play. Exactly. And we, we take risks. And I think in this day and age where there's a lot of homogenized output on commercial radio, right, we need, I think, more than ever, right? I would actually make yeah. a case that more than ever we are legitimated in our own right, that we are needed and that we have a role to play. We still play bands that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Exactly, I agree. If you look at who a student is, they're not jaded. You have to look at 18, 19, 21-year-old, for them, music is not just music, it's a way of life. It's a form of currency, right? Like, listen to this new band, check this band out, this artist is going to change your life. And I think what happens is, and I see this in, in my own students, is that for them, it's not just an album, it's not just a band. For them, it's something that is profoundly important, that can change who you are. Yeah, that's I was talking about. Um, I was on a panel at LA Times Book Festival, and we are talking about, you know, how the culture is now, and... and I didn't say I feel sad for you guys, but I do feel sad for you guys. Because, you know, <laughs> in the 80s, you know, I'm going to college. I got a show on the college radio station. I know all the bands. Where it, It's all about music. Everything was about music. And kids don't seem to have that anymore. And they seem kind of lost. Music is a consumable product, right? Yeah, it's not like their whole, like they'll go see this or they like that rap thing. But with us, it was like, punk rock it was alternative it was like old rock and roll and it was our total identity it's like what you said it, it was currency but also don't you think one of the things about punk was it invited it invited you it said to people who listened to it and liked it hey listen if you like this you can have a go yourself it encouraged you to pick up a guitar and say look even if you don't know any chords, you can still give it a shot, right? I mean, it was, yeah. the Ramones was like that. The, the fact that they really couldn't decide what instruments they were going to play to begin with or who was going to be lead singer. So there was that feeling that the spirit of punk music was all about doing it rather than being an accomplished musician. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we mean by that phrase, inspired amateurism, because it, it encouraged other people to go out and start bands and to, to do it themselves. So let me finish with this then. So what is your, you know, if you can sort of sum it up, what is your hope with this book, that it keeps the spirit of punk alive, that you remind people in a day and age when there's so much fodder for the masses. What is your hope that this book does, that it sort of keeps the flame alive? It's a shining beacon of hope. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a shining beacon of hope. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Much. You were a really good interviewer. Thank yeah. you. The interview with Legs McNeil and Jillian McCain was produced by Peter Kenarazzi with the assistance of Brian Gorski. You're listening to the first ever Vinylthon, an entire day dedicated to the best medium for music. Get some more information at collegeradio.org. Announcing the 2016 Vinylthon Scroll of Honor. 
The following stations participated in the inaugural Vinylthon. All gave some, and some gave all. The bell ring after a station's name signifies that they went a full 24 hours of vinyl only. 90.3 WESS, 91.7 WSUW, 98.5 WNUW, Album 88, Blue Storm Radio, Hound Waves, KACV-FM 90, KBVR-FM, KCOU 88.1 FM, KDUP, KDUR, KFJC 89.7 FM, KLBC 1610 AM, KLBC.org, KMNR 89.7 FM, KTXT FM 88.1 The Raider, KVRX 91.7 FM, Radio 1190, Radio Bucks, U92 FM WWVU, UTARadio.com, WCSF, WDWN, WERW, WHWSLP 105.7 FM, WITC 88.9 FM, Wildcat Radio, WJJW, WJMU, WJTB Geek Radio, WLOY, WLUW, WMSC FM, WMUL, WOBC, WPSC, WRUWFM 91.1, WSOU, WTJU, WTSR 91.3 FM, WUOG 90.5 FM, WUSB, WVTC Tech Radio, WWVU, WXAV 88.3 FM, WXTJ, WXLR Lander Radio. Portions of this scroll may be incomplete, as stations have been signing up right until the very last minute. Long live college radio, for when the needle drops, the power rises. Hey everybody, it's Annabella Poland here at WMSC-FM, the voice of Montclair State. Some of my fondest memories from childhood are my mom playing her favorite records for us on vinyl. It was anything from Beethoven to the Rolling Stones to Pink Floyd. Then I moved to New York, and Manhattan had so many record stores back in the day. I spent countless hours sifting through crates of vinyl and the import section alone. Here at WMSCFM, we're pulling together our personal collection of vinyl to bring it all the way to 11. That is right, this Saturday, April 16th from 1 p.m. to midnight, you can hear music exclusively on vinyl. Tune in at 90.3 FM, also available online at WMSCRadio.com and the iHeartRadio app. Happy Vinyl Thon, everybody, and happy Record Store Day. Vinyl Brothers, a true story. I'm Hyun Wan. About 10 years ago, Rob Quick and Peter Crane both worked at the same college radio station in Chicago. WXAV 88.3 FM at St. Xavier University. Myself and uh, Rob Quick, we worked at uh, WXAV together. Yeah, so at the time I was general manager of WXAV and Pete was program director. And uh, we started just as a fluke, I started going to this record shop in Hyde Park uh, located in the Chicagoland area and I would take Rob with and I would always insist that he get... some vinyl. Well, he would come to me and he would say, listen, let's go to Hyde Park Records and uh, you need to see this place. And, uh, 
he to see the power of this vinyl. And Rob thought that this was a nice thought, but could not really see himself buying a record player again after so many years. After all, there was always one in the radio station if he wanted to use it. And I was thinking to myself at the time, Pete, why are you buying me this vinyl? I mean, I'm very, very appreciative of this, but... I don't have a record player. Why should I get this? And I would just go to him and say, well, one day you're going to have a record player and you're going to want to be able to listen to some, some vinyl. It wasn't pointless because I could appreciate the vinyl for what it was. I looked at the artwork and I loved it. And um, it, I just didn't have a, a record player at home and I hadn't had one since I was like a, a young lad, a teenager. And so this pattern continued throughout several years until Rob left to go work as general manager at WPSC, William Patterson University in New Jersey. And so I moved to New Jersey and um, obviously I missed the opportunities that Pete and I had to go out record shopping. And I thought, you know, well, that's just the way it is when you move to, you know, a thousand miles away. That's what happens. But suddenly, like once in a while, especially on my birthdays, I would get a package and I'd be like, what? So, uh... I actually started, like, buying him some. And I remember the first thing I got him on vinyl was uh, All Things Must Pass. Because I firmly believe that in order to truly appreciate All Things Must Pass, you need to hear it on uh, on vinyl. You know, before long, I, like, I turned around and I looked and I had, like, a little record collection going here. I had, like, a dozen albums or something. It's a story that continues to this day. Occasionally, Rob and Peter will send each other packages in the mail mostly on birthdays stamped, do not bend, as they shuttle gifts of vinyl records to each other across the country. So eventually I decided it was actually like a year ago. I thought, you know, I've got to do this. It was the summer and the weather was great and I was like, I need to get a record player. So I finally um, decided to do that and I, I, I went out and I purchased one. And so I set this thing up and I was really excited about it. And I turned around and I was like, okay, so uh, what do I play? And I actually had, thanks to Pete, many albums and many records to play and the first thing I put on the turntable, it was like a promise. Uh, the first thing I did, I put the needle down and I played um, All Things Must Pass, George Housen's album that Pete had given me all those years ago. listened to that for the first time and he, he called me up later on he's like man you were so right there's just something about hearing it on vinyl that's just a absolutely incredible experience and i really have to credit pete with the fact that he um reawakened my love of, of vinyl the fact that i got back into it so much and now it's um something i do a lot and buying albums here and building up the collection again and enjoying the experience of listening to to records and um and yeah he still buys me records sometimes and i do the same for him if i see something that i know he hasn't got I'll definitely buy it for him, and um, yeah, so it's been a, a really enjoyable journey. I think that's how I can sum up vinyl, is when you listen to it, it's an incredible experience that you may not be able to necessarily describe, but you feel it. sums up the power of the vinyl experience, the ability to bring people together to appreciate a truly special musical format. I'm Hyun Wan, reporting for the 2016 Vinylthon.
We hope that you've enjoyed this first ever Vinylathon, bringing together almost 50 college radio stations across the nation. Many thanks to all those stations that contributed to this feature. We hope that you will join us again later this year for College Radio Day on November 4th. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Until next time, I'm Naomi Lawrence for the College Radio Foundation. Long live College Radio, and vinyl too.